You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I created this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Let's just give them a recap of what happened last week, which is, I think, works so well because she's mentioned Vivo in official music videos. So it's a really nice transition there. Bada bing. So in case the listeners have missed last week, we learned how Micah creates official live performance music videos under Vivo for artists like Ariana Grande driving greater support for her music. So this leads us into this week. Samantha, who do we have? Well, Sydney, we have Laura Hostelli, who started at Triple Tigers Records as the promotions coordinator in 2016. This quickly evolved into her becoming the VP of marketing, working on promotional plans for Cam, Scotty McGreary, as well as Russell Dickerson. Prior to joining Triple Tigers Records, Laura worked as a freelancer to Sounds Like Nashville and Taste of Country, where she created content for some of the format's biggest stars, including Garth Brooks, Blake Shelton, Cam, Carly Pierce, and Kane Brown. Today, we discuss how Laura and Triple Tigers Records drive 5.5 million streams each and every week through new video content for Russell Dickerson's release of She Likes It. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hey, y'all. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Good. I just got to Florida, so can't complain. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. We always ask our our guests this first, but how did you get into music? So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. And when I wanted to go to college, I wanted to go as far south as my mom would let me. So I ended up in Nashville um, and at Belmont. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any plans of doing music industry, but journalism and a lot of the journalism opportunities were country music focused and, you know, started in the trades, Music Row Magazine and Country Air Check. And that segued into interning at Sirius XM. And I just fell in love with all things radio promotion, you know, all of the music industry. So I was um, doing that through college and I freelanced for Taste of Country and Sounds Like Nashville um, senior year of college and the summer after. And, you know, I, I loved it so much, but I was looking to do more and be part of the decision makers. Um, so that's when I started looking at labels. And through the industry, I was introduced to Norbert Nix, who is the president of Triple Tigers, um, when he was first getting Triple Tigers started. So he said, hey, we are about to get this thing started. Would you like to come on as a radio promo coordinator? Um, which, to give a little background on that, kind of is the air traffic control of everything that's going on promotion-wise. So you are help, you are support for the promotion team of anything, you know, getting stats, getting travel booked, you know, kind of segueing that, helping in anything in that side. 
Um, and through there, I loved it. And as Triple Tigers grew, Norb was amazing and let me grow with it. And I transitioned into the marketing side, um, did project management, director of marketing, and now I'm VP of marketing as of last year. Yeah. And we saw that. Congrats. And I've seen Thank that you. you've been at the company for six years or just about, correct? Yeah. So October will be six years. Wow. Wow. I don't think I've ever been at a company for that long. <laughs> I know for sure you've never been. <laughs> don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Um, it, they, the environment is a great environment. It would be very hard to leave. <laughs> Absolutely. And so um, are you guys working remotely um, since now that you're, you know, visiting in Florida or is it still very much in person and you're yeah, just so traveling? It's, it, it, it's, uh, we're very fortunate. It's a nice mix. You know, we're still working remotely and then, you know, our offices are open to take meetings or if you need a break or somewhere else to go. And um, we're getting back. Uh, I'm sure you have all seen us concerts have come back. We've gone back on the road and gotten able to see our artists in person and, you know, meet with team members and whatnot again. So it's been nice to have kind of that in between where you're still seeing people in person, but you still have a flexibility. So how did your role now evolve um, from radio, purely radio to now VP of marketing? Like what does your core responsibilities look like now? Yeah. So it's it, core promo to marketing is they, it's so cool because they do work together, but mm -hmm. they are in their own world. So, and I love being able to work with the different departments and different arms of the artist career. Um, so going from the radio promo side, it was primarily with radio and then coordinating with the marketing team to see what we can do to help each other. You know, what marketing um, campaigns are you running that we can talk to radio about? Like what radio stats are happening that marketing can help on their own with their goals. So it, always was cross, you know, pollinized, but as I grew, um, marketing was just, I loved marketing and the creativity that can go along with that. Um, so now on marketing side, I oversee all of the, um, marketing and release strategies for our entire roster. And I, um, I work with all the different departments, radio promotion, the management team, um, sales, across the board to make sure everybody has the right information they need to get our music in front of as many people as possible. So whether that's, you know, coming up with different advertising campaigns, whether that's, you know, optimizing budget to get, you know, to figure out who needs the more budget to get what they need done to get in front of more people and what stats can I send from, you know, the DSPs to the radio team to show them, okay, this is, you know, this is working across all fronts. So it is very much so in its own realm, but it still works across the board with everybody. Um, it goes hand in hand. And I think that's one of the best parts about being in my position in a label is every day is something different. So you're able to do, you know, it's, you're never doing the same thing twice. <laughs> I bet. I can definitely attest to that. Um, just being in the marketing world myself, mm -hmm. like, but, which is why now I don't even ask, like, what's your day to day? It's, it's more like, <laughs> what's your core responsibilities? <laughs> which is like the oddest thing to say, like a, a weird way to say, like, what exactly do you do here? Um, um, you know, from the that. <laughs> from um, what is it, office space? What is it you do here? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, besides everything. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that you're able to evolve within the company and kind of yes. and like really know like what what everyone's part and how it like relates to one another. I think that yeah. it makes like a world one of a difference. Yeah, that's a testament to um, my boss. He is, you know, he gave me the opportunity to to see what all different departments do. And that 
you know, evolved my knowledge so much. And I think as, you know, I, I'm still learning every single day and I still have so much to learn, but when you're able to kind of see about all the different angles of how things are made and you have a bigger sense of the picture, it just helps you make, you know, day-to-day decisions better because you can see it, you know, outside of just your lane, you can see it in multiple facets. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it's it's funny because I, I mean, my full-time job right now is that I pretty much support sales, customer success. I work hand-in-hand with product as well as marketing. So yeah. getting the opportunity to actually collaborate in an effective and efficient way, but actually know what they're doing and how mm-hmm. it works within um, what I oversee in the projects I'm, uh, I'm on, it actually makes it go way more efficiently and quicker um, to get the job done. For sure. And I think coming from journalism background, you have that communication skill, which is so important. Um, You know, you have to talk to not only your label teammates, but artist management teammates and build that relationship, you know, booking agents, the press team. And there's just so many different people that you talk to every day. And if you don't have those great relationships with them, it's going to just make everything harder. That's for sure. Yes. So, I mean, you, um, you know, you and the team at Triple Tigers has like such a great roster of artists that you're working with. When did your relationship begin with Russell Dickerson? Um, The Triple Tigers? Yeah. Um, So he was signed prior to, I, you know, prior to me being Mm -hmm. there. So that was, yeah. So that was my, my boss, the president, Norbert Nix, you know, he, he heard the music, loved it and everybody got on board. And the first single went to radio April of 2017. So about six months after, you know, the full team was signed, you know, I started in October along with, you know, the initial mm-hmm. team. Um, and then it, so it went to radio six months later. So that was kind of that timeline there. He has released like two full albums with you all. And most recently, yes. as we were mentioning a little bit earlier, she likes it, which we we absolutely love. So we definitely want to talk about that release since it's been yeah. pretty fairly recent, um, released yeah. back in November, you said? Yeah, November of 2021. I'm still getting my years mixed up. I know, me too. Me too. Like when I saw November, I'm like 2020 or. (laughs) I know. So that, yeah, that song came out in November 2021. Can you like tell us a little bit about like how, like the timeline around that? Yeah, for sure. So um, let's see. We, um, Russell wrote the song, you know, last summer, a little bit before that. um, And my boss heard it. He loved it. Everybody agreed. Wow. This is a really great song. Um, you know, we don't really know where it fits in the grand scheme of things, but it's a great song. So let's, we think people will like it. So let's put it out. Um, so worked with, you know, Russell's management team and with our sales and distribution partners. Um, and we got it, you know, all of the pieces and parts together to get it out and delivered. Um, and you know, one of the things we wanted to make sure we had with it, we're like, we need visual pieces, we need visual pieces here and there. So we made sure we had a lyric video ready to go and had a music video ready to come two weeks to follow it. Um, and we slated it for, I want to say it was November 4th. Um, is when that track came out. So we probably started getting all the pieces and parts together in July, mm. and then it came out into the world in November. Is that typical? That seems like a pretty good like amount of a turnaround time. Um, it's you know everything is different. Um, I've had songs, you know, I've had songs ready to go, and it's taken twelve months to get from point A to point B. I've had it turned around in six weeks. It just kind of depends depends on what your goals are, and for us, it was you know, let's get the song out when we have the pieces ready. 
Okay. What did, did what was the specific goal for this one? Um, to get put a good song out into the world. We thought his fans would love it. It had been almost a year since he'd had his last album come mm-hmm. out. So just wanted to give them, you know, you know, like we have a great song. Let's get something out into the world. Um, to to just to a thank for thankful for the fans and get it out into them. Um, just it's been it was exactly eleven months since his album had come out, and so that was kind of our okay, let's get something new into the world, get into the marketplace, have fans, you know, just a little push reminder to his fans of, you know, music, here it is, um, and see what we can do with it. Um, You know, where we are now, I don't, it was, we were hoping for where we are now, but we weren't, we were just kind of looking at, okay, let's get it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let's set the pieces, let's get a great plan together and see what it does. Um, And then, so, and now we are seeing some success with it, which is very fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> the fruits of your labors come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing when like the stars align because sometimes when you really love a song, it might not hit the fans as well as you might right. think. So because this one, you all decided like this was great, we should do it. And especially after it being 11 months in the last one, it's amazing to see yeah. the success and that it actually does resonate with the fans. Yeah. And it was fun to see that, you know, there was such a good reaction right off the bat and as it organically was getting in front of people and it just kept growing so organically, we just kept putting more behind it in terms of content and videos out there and just helping it grow along the way instead of, you know, it just being pushed on people who don't necessarily want to hear it. So we kind of let the fans decide its growth and, you know, the metrics decide, and then it's the metrics decide, you know, what we, where we keep moving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that organic, I think that organic plan for this track is really what it needed to, to do what it's doing right now, which is, you know, over 5 million streams a week and, yeah. you know, working wow. its way. It's its fastest growing single on radio right now. Um, so just across the board, I don't think we would have, you know, I think that organic us listening to what the fans were doing is what gave us the ability to get it where it is now, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, it sure does. And when you guys actually built out a plan for this music release, um, what Mm -hmm. were some of your priorities in the plan? How did you even get it started to start um, seeing some results? Oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, So I guess when, you know, for any plan, you start building out how I start, I whiteboard every release, every plan I have. I I look at a whiteboard and I write, okay, what is my goal? How are we going to get there? You know, what does this team need to do? And then I collaborate with the whole team. It's really a whole team effort to get it, you know, from a, you know, MP3 file out into the DSP space, right? Like there's a whole team that that works hand in hand to get it out there. So as we worked with the team, it's like, okay, we're getting this song out. It is such a fun song. We need a visual. Okay. A lyric video. We can turn the lyric video around in, you know, two weeks. Let's start with a lyric video and build toward a music video okay, we have that music video out. Let's, you know, make sure we're posting about it. Let's make sure that people are seeing it. People know what's out there as more and more people are pushing it. Okay. Have call to actions to share the song, have call to actions to follow it just to kind of build off one step after the next. I love that. I love that. I feel like, honestly, I feel like this is the first time that one of our guests brought a, brought up lyric video to push out first, <laughs> um, which, which kind of makes sense because you're trying to get it out in different visual platforms like YouTube or what, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever other socials that you're using for that. Um, and that's only going to reach, you know, more folks as you're pushing out more content. 
Well, I, I mean, we see this quite often. It's something do. that's turnkey and more affordable in the time being as you're creating an, an official music video. So, um, I mean, I've seen it time and time again. 100% yeah. seen it, Sydney. I obviously, I look at music videos and if they don't have one, I go to the lyric video um, while mm-hmm. they're trying to push something out. <laughs> I think, I, you know, as the way of the world turns, the more content you have, the mm-hmm. better. And, you know, different different interpretations of the song through video and different mediums. And even, you know, all these platforms have these great, um, you know, capabilities to add on to just the song, you know, Spotify canvas, for example, you're able to put your own spin on a canvas behind the song to elevate it. You know, um, Amazon has the, uh, you know, the sound check where you're able to, you know, tell your fans, go check out this and you're, you are able to tell them more. Um, Apple has their, you know, where you can, um, animate the artwork and do some interpretation of that as well. So I think everybody is the, as everyone's becoming more visual, the more visual elements you can add to any release, that's just more impressions you're going to make. That's something that might stick with somebody and you know, have them save it to their collection, have them remember it down the road, tell their friend about it. And it's just that, you know, one after the next effect. And I think that kind of goes for any marketing release nowadays is you can't just put out a music video and, you know, send a single out three months later, send out a music video and be done. Like that's, that's not the way the world works, especially as there's so many more visual platforms that are coming into the market yes. with TikTok and Instagram reels and YouTube shorts, which are all great ways to get music in front of fans. Um, and it's just up to the team to decide how are we going to make that impression um, and multiple impressions. Yeah. So one thing that maybe, unless you have, unless you do this on a daily basis that people don't exactly um, do is changing up the types of video content that you're um, creating to be formatted and reflect the users of that specific platform. It seems like you do it. I don't use every (laughs) platform. Like I wish I used TikTok more. Do you have an example of like how you've maybe changed up the video content depending on the platform that you're seeing traction on? Yeah, I think um, it depends on the platform. TikTok, for example, I know that's, you know, the hot term right now and everyone's trying to do everything they can on TikTok. And it is a great platform to get in front of, you know, younger viewers. Um, And I think what's working really well on TikTok is a lot of organic and so it's not this forced marketing. It's more organic of an artist taking their interpretation to the platform. Yeah. And, you know, whether it be an acoustic cover of it, whether it be a little, you know, like very candid, this is what, this is what happened the day I wrote the song. Um, I think th- that is an example of a platform where you can use these really organic raw moments that people don't, you know, people want to see what really happened. They don't want to see this official music video that, you know, was, that was, uh, you know, forced on there, like forced through me, not forced but delivered through Vivo. Um, yeah. Where, and then, you know, you go to your Vivo and you are expecting to see some kind of three minute video that reflects the whole song. Um, and I think music videos are still a great and useful tool, but there's so many music videos out there. You do have to be a little bit different. And when you're having more, when you're able to feed more songs into an algorithm, into more content into any algorithm, you're going to get better results. Um, you know, we've seen that since She Likes It came out, there's been, an, and that song has, taken off as it, you know, as it's gone, its direction it's going, we've seen other videos in Russell's repertoire mm. go up as well. Um, just as more people are seeing that video, it's leading to other video views as well. Um, a Southern, the Southern Symphony video, um, which, do, which is a really cool video that, you know, came from 
Russell's brain. And, you know, we worked together with that whole team of taking snippets of every song on the Southern Symphony album and stringing them together um, to create a story of the album. And it's a really cool visual piece if you haven't seen it. Um, it's about eight minutes long, but as you know, we've seen the She Likes It video take off, that video views have skyrocketed because people are it, when people see the She Likes It video, it's getting picked into the algorithm, the rest of Russell's library. So it is cool to see, you know, there is a long tail effect. It's not yes. just one and done, you know, it just kind of affects everything. And that's really cool because it shows that those that are listening are getting more invested into the artist, yes. which makes them want to hear more and learn more. At least that's how I am when I come across artists that I just mm-hmm. like true, like that I just love. It's not like a one and done mm-hmm. what's popular now thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also why I think TikTok is so important when you're seeing this type of momentum, because people like really do want to know more about who that artist is and not just maybe the persona that they may be putting on in that music video right now. And so then I have to ask, like, do you have different, like called it actions? I know you mentioned this earlier, but like, do you just have like a, how am I trying? What am I trying to ask? Do you (laughs) direct people (laughs) towards YouTube and the official music videos when you have video content on social media platforms, or do you kind of switch it up and direct listeners to, you know, Spotify and YouTube? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination of both. And I think with something I've learned is listeners are going to listen, you know, discover their music on the platform they are most comfortable yeah, on. That's true. So if I'm, if you are a Spotify listener, it is going to be much harder for me to get you to go to YouTube to discover a new song. But if my video is an enticing piece of content, I can take that music video and, you know, have put that in front of you and encourage you to listen to it wherever you get your music. And then that kind of get, leaves it up to the user to go wherever they're most comfortable with. I think changing a listener's habits is really hard. <laughs> um, so yeah. I want to I want to meet them in the middle and I want to give them, you know, put music where they're listening and where they're watching. And so that is the beauty of having so many different platforms. And, you know, you can switch up the content a little bit each place, um, whether that's, you know, like I was saying, through canvases or the animated art or whatnot. Um, so you're able to tailor it to every platform. Yes. Um, I'm so happy you said that. We hear like a lot of the artists that are only focused on SoundCloud. First off, revenue comes from all those. So like, (laughs) let's put it out there. We can through your distribution partner of choice. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a service for musicians that puts your music into social platforms and streaming services. They have a cool new feature that gets your fans involved called Spotlight. You can choose a song and get your followers to vote for your song to be featured on one of their Spotify playlists. And as a bonus, your fans can also directly message you. Second, um, I think another takeaway that we can get from this is People consume content and music in different ways. So sometimes you do have to think outside the box and think of different ways to promote your music and yourself because one post or one video or um, one platform can resonate with one person or like a group of people, but some people might skip over it because that's Mm -hmm. not where they consume it in the first place or how they like to consume it. So it's just, it's good to like pay, yes, pay attention to the data, how things um, are working, but also like pay attention to like the format that you're releasing it. 
Yes. Listen. And also just listen to your fans. They'll tell you what they want. A lot of the times, like pay attention to where they're going. Look at the data, look at the comments, look at what's, look at what's being engaged with the most. And you can, you know, they'll tell you exactly what they want and what they're, what they want to see in the future for sure. This might be putting you on the spot, but I have to ask, um, have you come across any like random comments of like what they're requesting (laughs) for Russell? (laughs) Not off the top of my head. No. Sometimes, you know, when you're, I'm, I'm feeling a little dangerous. I'll scroll through the comments on TikTok and be like, what are they saying about Russell? Um, Or, you know, any artist, it's just, it's kind of funny. You can, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but you can learn from them. If they're saying like, Yeah. And even if you see, you know, you're going to see higher engagement with, you know, a live video, if that's what you're seeing the highest engagement on, we know, okay, we got to, let's keep pushing that out there. And I think um, you also have to be willing to adapt though. And especially on TikTok, um, going viral, I don't see that as a marketing plan, right? You know, going viral is one moment. It's what you do with that post step, right? So for me, when you see, when you have a, something that catches on, you just, you do have to keep you do want to keep listening and doing the content that fans are engaging with, but you do have to take it to the next step of, okay, I can't post the same snippet forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of developing and being able to pivot and knowing that not every single thing you do can go viral. That would be silly. Um, There's too much content out there and not enough time in the world for every single thing you do to go viral. And they're all just building blocks. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. So she likes it is still, um, building traction and still having consistency and, um, listens. So, you know, can you just, I guess, give us a couple examples of what your team is, what, what type of content or what type of frequency that your team is building the content, um, to keep the traction and momentum going? Yeah, for sure. So we always are looking at different ways to engage. And I think uh, what our team has done a good job on so far is building up a video content from Lyric to official to a live video that came out, uh, gosh, probably back February or March. And then the social content that has pointed back to it, you know, he wrestles on the Tim McGraw tour right now. So having, you know, posts on his socials of him singing it during the Tim McGraw tour and things like that has just been able to build on it one after the other. And, um, this song as well, it went to radio, gosh, probably beginning of April. And it's his fastest growing song on radio right now, which is a huge testament to the song and, um, our promotion team just being amazing. Um, but you know, it did start, you know, we released it in November and it didn't go to radio until April. So we were able to start momentum and, you know, the, the radio was just the next push in the line there. And um, our radio team's been able to, I think, hit top 40 this week. Wow. So I think 39. So, so um, it is just building off one after the other. Is that kind of, is that like usually what happens? I personally have never worked in radio, so I'm not sure when you would pull it in or when they're able to put the song into rotation. But does it need the digital momentum first before... No pushing it on radio? No, no, not at all. It, um, you really, it is cool because you can kind of, you know, there's so many different ways to get it onto radio and, um, I'm definitely not the expert of radio, (laughs) but what we've seen is, you know, we've had songs that have had this momentum, like she likes it, that we put to radio. And there's also songs that start with their momentum at radio and we're able to, you know, it's, it's engaging with country listeners and, programmers and we're able to take that data and present it to our other sales partners and be like, Hey, do you like, this is where, this is the data we're seeing on our end from radio. We think, you know, what do you think about this? Do you think this will work for your platform and being able to grow it cost ways? So it does go both ways, just depending on, you know, timing, I'd yeah. say timing is 
what my boss always says, timing is everything. And we've always said that in around our office, that that's kind of what it boils down to is timing. You said that you like oversee and, you know, have a part in all of your artist plans. I've seen that at Triple Tigers, there's, you have, you also have Cam and Scotty McCreary. How do you define or make them unique in the way that they release and promote music? I love this question. So um, Triple Tigers has been, and this is all by design from President Norbert Nix and his partners. Like it's um, by design is we have focus. Um, We have a smaller roster, so we're able to Mm -hmm. pivot. And when we are seeing things start to take off in the digital world and we decide we want to take it to radio, we don't have 12 other acts waiting in the ring, in the wing trying to take off. Right. So we're able to pivot and make these decisions more quickly. Um, and we don't have to adhere to a huge schedule. And with having so uh, we don't, we have four artists signed right now. Um, so we are able to pivot and maneuver to do what's best for each artist. Do you kind of take into account what's happening in their career? Like, you know, for example, Russell's now touring. So that is like where you pivot towards um, because it's nice that that's like starting up. Yeah, again. it's an. Right. As, as different tent poles, you know, pop up in an artist's career, we're able to adhere our marketing plans to that. If they're, you know, if one artist has a press piece that's going to hit, that's going to make it big, you know, we're probably going to be able to add more content out there, point it on socials, you know, put something else out there for people. Oh, I just saw this press piece. What, what else is he up to? Oh, he just post, posted this new piece of content. Um, you know, kind of have that follow through of having mm. being each artist being in a different and unique place in their career being able to adhere and tailor to each artist. It's not a cookie cutter process by any means. Um, you know, we take into effect what, what the artist is comfortable with, what their teams are comfortable with, what's working for them, um, what, where they are, what they want to do, what their goals are, and then be able to adhere, you know, make all of our decisions based on that. Got it. So would you say that you start off with one plan almost every time and then it, it almost always evolves throughout the entire. <laughs> yes. I've never had one marketing plan that I started and I go through the end and that's exactly what we ended up with. That's never happened. I hope that never happens. I'd make my job so boring. Um, if I started a plan, you know, especially, you know, plans last you know, campaigns for an album can last anywhere from, you know, a year to two years. Um, and it's fun to see how everything changes and grows and what you didn't think was going to have a big reaction does end up having a big reaction and you're able to pivot and do something like that. Or, you know, something you thought was a home run. People are like, nah, don't care. (laughs) I'm really, okay. I got to pivot. That takes takes away plans like CD and E here. Let's pivot and see what else we can do. So I think having, you know, you start with an outline and every outline is going to be different, but they're going to have similar elements for sure. Um, And then you're able to adhere it to what's working, what doesn't work and having that ability to move whenever Mm -hmm. you can. We know that Russell is going to go on tour with Tim McGraw. Are there any other projects or any, you know, future, I guess, releases that we can kind of keep an out um, an eye out for? If you're able to give us any, sort so of I tidbits? can't give any hard. But Russell is in the studio. You know, he's been working on his next album for sure. I'm um, working on the follow up, so you should, you will be seeing it for you. I can't give you a timetable. <laughs> I don't have that timetable yet, yep. um, but he is working on the next project. But right now, you know, she likes it. It's doing so well. It's fun to keep, it's fun to keep pushing that one forward. Absolutely. And it's going to be exciting to see how she likes it kind of pushes forward some of his new music and see, yeah, you know, sure. the metrics or what comes from any of that. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Awesome. So um, we just have a couple of questions left. And yeah. this is honestly, this is one of our favorite because it tends to stump every single person. <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. Um, but what do you want to be known for? Ooh, me personally, or you couldn't give you personally and you okay. as a professional, wh- whatever you want to go in this direction. Okay. So I'm going to get a little deep here. I'm sorry. Love it. He'll do it. We love it. (laughs) When I started at Triple Tigers, um, Norbert Nix, who runs the company, he made, you know, he was referred to as a boss. And he says, I never want to be referred to as a boss. I want to be known as a leader. And that has stuck with me. He said that on probably the third week of me working for him. And that has been something that has stuck with me for almost six years now. And I, you know, when I'm making decisions, for anything that is what I think of. Um, so I do want to be known as a good leader. I don't think a good leader and that's, you know, I think that can be defined by anything you want. Um, I just, you know, some, some things I've noticed in good leadership is being able to take other people's opinions, you know, being able to admit when you're wrong, um, and listen, you know, working as a team. And so those are the things I hope I'm known for as being a good leader with those kinds of qualities. I love that when people want to be for referred to as boss or when they say my team and yeah. my employees, yeah. it almost makes it feel like they own you and they're not trying yes. to help guide you. So I'm a firm believer in being yeah. a good leader brings out the best qualities in somebody else. And it's not about yes. you. It's never, you know, you should never be the smartest person, you know, as a leader, you should have, you know, have people around you that you can listen to and advise you for sure. I want to meet Norbert so bad. (laughs) Y'all, I could talk about, I could, he's the most wonderful, wonderful person. He's great. No longer a great mentor. Yes. And no wonder you've been there for so long. I know. know. (laughs) Keep it going. (laughs) Thank you so much, Laura, for joining us on the episode. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This was beyond exciting um just because one we love country music and two we <laughs> love this song um so Amazing. we definitely encourage every person to listen build up those please streams do. more <laughs> please do <laughs> i appreciate that thank y'all so much it was so nice to meet you and as soon as i have information of new wrestle music that i can share i will send it y'all's way Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com.